Excellent. This is the, what day, 22nd is it? 23rd. 23rd okay. of April, 2021, in the year of COVID. With us today, we have a quite an interesting gentleman, I think you'll find, but I'll let him tell you a bit more about himself. Adrian Temple Brown. If you'd like to give us your backstory. The reason I'm saying the, the date, <laughs> by the way, by because we're going to do this this evening, because the election's on the 6th of, um, 6th of May. 6th of May. Last chance to vote for the climate. Anyhow, Adrian, how lovely to see you. Could you tell the audience here a little bit about yourself, a bit of a backstory, and then hopefully you'll get a word in edgeways later on when I'm <laughs> babbling on about <coughs> Bridge Centre and stuff like that. Carry well, on, We'll sir. have a chat from there. Okay, yes. Uh, Adrian Temple Brown, what am I? Ooh, just over 55. Um, and uh, I think I would say I've been climate aware probably for about three years. So about June 2019. Um, I, uh, I, I first saw like the graph of carbon dioxide and uh, in a nutshell it kind of knocked me sideways yeah. so I was, I was kind of one of those regular people um, you know you, you work hard at school yeah. uh, and you work hard at university not me but carry on <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I followed the social norm I did what you meant to do yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, I actually studied electronics at Manchester and then I had a career of uh, electronics R&D design yeah. Um, I did a bit with Plessy on sonars, I did a bit in satellite communications, I well, went to, uh, uh, I ended up actually working for a company called IP Wireless, which was in and around Chippenham as a startup for about 15 years. Yeah. So uh, I was very much part of the leading edge of uh, RF communications, and I'm a sort of digital hardware design engineer. And uh, I'm one of uh, a couple of brothers, so my brother is, uh, is Robin, and my yeah. father is a, a policeman. Is he? Yeah. So, and, so you, uh, you've got a robber and a... <laughs> Robin. <laughs> yeah, Robin, yeah. Got, oh, right, Robin okay. and Adrian. My, my, <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, my dad was a policeman. so I, I, He I, was or he still is? He was, yeah. He retired yes. about 55. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and, um, yeah, so I was your classic sort of, you know, good boy. Yeah. And my brother was the, the more of the black sheep. So yeah. we've gone along in parallel in our lives. Yeah. Um, but I would say that, um, you know, all of my life... Um, you work hard, and I probably class myself as a through and through Tory. Yeah, so I, I understand GDP, I understand you have to work as an economy to extract some cash to provide social services, uh, and then the whole of society works okay. The yeah. roads are fine, the hospitals work, all that sort of stuff. You say Tory? I'd say, I used to call myself a conservative, yeah, I wouldn't have called myself a Tory. No, no, well, obviously, I, Tory's I, I, a bandit, no, but I'm saying that, sorry, that, that, that's not what I recognize as a conservative to be at all, but that's interesting. Carry on, sir. Yeah, I, yeah. Wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily have discriminated in those days between yeah. Tory and Conservative. To me, though, that's yeah. both kind of... Yeah, 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 no, well, well, yeah, but it's just <laughs> that the principle that you think that's the principle of that party. Yeah. I don't know which bit of university you missed out on, but <laughs> anyway, carry on, because you're not a Tory anymore, are you? That, well, which, that's right, yeah, so, yeah. So there's hope I, I for would, us all. I would say not, um, yeah. uh, not because I don't want to be, but because what I've learned about the climate yeah. and what I've dug down is finding out what the causes of the climate are, yeah. they kind of don't, no, they totally don't go with economic growth. Yeah. Um, and that really is a bit of a shock. So everything that I've worked for in my life, you know, you bring up your children, you put them through um, private school, you support them, they get a good education, yeah. you want them to get the car, the house, yeah. the good pension, yeah. the retirement, the holidays, all of those yeah. great things. Yeah. And, uh, and when you look at the numbers, and then you, you actually understand and have a think about um, why the numbers of, particularly in my case, carbon dioxide, that's where I started, yeah. but that's just like one yeah. 
of tens of thousands of things that are wrong with the world at the moment. Yeah. But that's kind of where I focused on, because I'm a bit of a, a sort of a data person, a data and a graph person as an engineer. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when, you, when you grasp just how big the problem is, and you express that to yourself in numbers so that you can start to understand it, um, then you realize that fixing that problem is an immense, immense issue. Yeah. And you then get to think, well, can we actually fix it as humanity, mm. particularly the way we behave? Uh, you probably say definitely not the way we behave at the moment, but if we all got together with like a new global aim, then I think we probably could just about fix it in time. Um, but then you go, well, the chance of that, you know, how long is it before we start to see catastrophic effects in our society, particularly Chippenham and Wiltshire, yeah. you know, because we're a complex society like any other. Yeah. And uh, so I, I actually didn't want to believe the numbers when I first saw them, I'll be completely honest. And I spent probably six weeks trying to show that they were wrong, um, yeah. basically. Really? Oh, that's interesting. But, but the yeah. more that you read, yeah. uh, the more you find out about other things that aren't right. And um, I came to an understanding that actually the numbers are what the numbers are. They're totally founded in the science. Yeah. And the more you read, the worse it gets. Yeah. And then if you somehow equate those numbers to things that you understand, it, it, it starts to give you an idea of what it actually takes to fix the problem. And it isn't just engineering where I come from. That's, yeah. you know, its problem is so bad that you have to fix the atmosphere with engineering. You need business, you need government, you need machines. You need a huge amounts of science and you need monumental human effort to be able to fix the atmosphere because yeah. it's kind of got an insulator. It's like a duvet. We put a duvet Biosphere. around the earth, effectively. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. more heat gets in, it gets out. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And it's a closed system, but people don't generally understand it. Not just people. I certainly didn't until I, you know, like yourself, it's like, all oh, right, so it's a, it's a closed system and you've got a biosphere, stratosphere, all those layers and actually... It's like filling a room full of carbon monoxide, let alone dioxide. Yeah, yeah. I mean, most things in life um, boil down to heat. Work is yeah. heat. Yeah. And essentially, the sun shines on the Earth during the day. Yeah. And when everything's in balance, Earth turns round yeah. and all the energy dissipates off into yeah. space at night. Simple yeah. as that. Yeah. Energy in, energy yeah. out. When you put an insulator made of CO2 or methane around the Earth, the energy still comes in, yeah. but not as much of it can get out. And that's what global warming is. Yeah. Every day it heats up just a little bit. Yeah. But unfortunately, we're actually making the duvet a better duvet. Yeah. So we've gone from like a tog naught yeah. all the way to a tog A, a tog yeah. 12, tog 13. Yeah, and we're yeah. getting a bit hot and uncomfortable now. Yes. And unless great, you... By that, it's a great analogy, by the way. Yeah, and unless well, you get rid of the insulator, unless you take yeah. the duvet off yeah. the bed, you can't cool down. Yeah. You will continue to heat yeah. up. But it's, it's, it's a bit like uh, one or two humans in the bed. Yeah. You, you, you know, you, you get warm and the heat comes off and you, you kick someone out of the bed yeah, now that's, well, now that's not a good plan to do that but, um, <laughs> but that's the reality you know unless you get rid of that Just insulator yeah. um, you can't stop the planet from heating yeah. up so that's the fundamental and, but on top of that as I've learned in the last three years yeah. there are tens of thousands of other things that are wrong with how humans treat each other how yeah. we heat, treat all of the life form uh, the life forms on, on the world, yeah. how we actually use all of the resources in the world. Yeah. And it's been a massive learning experience for yeah. me because I was totally focused on work and engineering, which yeah. I found totally rewarding. Electronics, yeah. absolutely fantastic. I, that, yeah. I was a you know, hardware design engineer and I manufactured stuff in Scotland, I manufactured in China, 
Um, I've been pretty much all over the world, flying and creating circuit boards out of oil and all that. So I've done yeah. all that, all that bad yeah. stuff without even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty much like everybody does until they know there's a problem. Uh, absolutely. So, so, so fundamentally, there's a, there's the, normal. Yes, that's it, and that's the whole point. Even since the industrial revolution, essentially, uh, but at the point, probably 50s, 60s, when people started to realise, wait a minute, we're having a detrimental effect. Because it's the, it's, isn't it the law of uh, thermodynamics, the first and second law about you can't create or destroy energy? Absolutely. So, right, so when you've got this whole scenario where simultaneously we're taking out resources from the, from the, the beyond the Earth's crust and then pumping them back into our atmosphere, biosphere, stratosphere, we are obviously taking toxins that were secreted away over millions of years to enable the atmosphere and, uh, for us to be clean enough for us to develop organic cell, uh, molecular structure, whatever you call it, goes on. We, we, we turn up late in the day and we've been taking that stuff out and put it into the atmosphere as if there's no tomorrow. But here's the interesting thing. There really is not going to be a tomorrow, but it will not be for the Earth. It will just be for the species, our species. I think that's true. Yes, yes. And, um, and, and I, I must admit, I was, I was sitting in the park during one of the Chippenham festivals two or three years ago and somebody rocked up to me with a with a little XR chip and a leaflet yeah. and said um, you know come along to our meeting and I'd seen that pink boat in in London outside Parliament and I'd sat on the sofa and I'd said to team whoa what's that all about you know, yeah. it must have cost like that much in diesel to get it there I don't even yeah. understand why there's a boat there yeah. and I don't understand why it's pink yeah now that was probably in the February and um, and we discussed it a little bit and decided that they were probably you know some sort of extremists or other yeah so then, so then I got this invite to go to a meeting in Chippenham. I thought, you know, I've been watching the renewable energy. So I've read Renewable Energy World for about 15 years. And well, I yeah, thought well that everything was under control. Yeah. There's massive power lines going up around the world, huge amounts of renewable in China, America, all around the world. There's been a huge amount going on, including the UK. And I, I thought, I'll go to that meeting. I go, that's all right. It's all under control. You know, there's masses renewables. Have a look at this, have a read, and it'll all be fine. And that wasn't <clears throat> really how the meeting went um, because they were just starting and they didn't really know, you know what was going on. Yeah, yeah. So, so we had a little bit of a chat and I thought, no, this is not the time. Yeah. But I left my email address and I ended up going to the, one of the Extinction Rebellion talks. And, uh, and a lot of the stuff that you see, the flooding, the, the sort of famine, um, all of those bad things that we get through our TV, none of that touch me because we get it all the time. Mm -hmm. And because I'm not, I don't have a great deal of empathy. But when I saw the CO2 graph, yeah. that's what it did. Yeah, yeah. It less than a second, because yeah. I knew instantly that things were very wrong. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and that kind of shut me up. So I was in that mode, I was a little bit more in listening and I kind of got out without being too emotional. Yeah. And then I thought, right, I've, I've, you know, I don't want to believe this. I've got to go and find out. And yeah. uh, as I say, since then, it's been a lot of, a lot of learning. But yeah. actually, it's been a real joy to learn things like microbiology, about <laughs> chemistry, about molecular structure. A lot of these things, I mean, I did mass physics chemistry at um, A-level. Yeah. Okay. And I realized sometime after A-level that those things were actually all joined together. It's all part of how stuff works. Um, and... Um, 
And so actually, I found it interesting to find out about the energy levels, about the molecules, about what it yeah. takes, how, you know, why it is that carbon dioxide actually traps the heat on the planet, why it is that methane's worse. And from my RF background, it's easy to understand this, the RF spectrum and light and energy and valence levels and all of the science that you learn at A level. Yeah. It, it was easy for me to, to get all that. And then, and then on the web, the web's just fantastic. You can ask a question and you can find out anything. But I think also at the same time, you have to question what it is you've got on your screen after you've read it and go, do I believe that? Yeah. And then you, you can then search other things to, to find the truth from the web because it is full of mistruth as oh, well as truth. Of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Then, yeah, so, so I was tooting along quite nicely, actually, in my electronics career. Uh, before I found out about climate, um, until probably three years ago now, <clears throat> just over, and uh, Donald Trump took my job back to America to make it great again. And then about a year or so after, they kind of closed my little company and everything that we worked on for 15 odd years, I think now lives in a small box in a warehouse in America. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is fine, yeah. you know, it was a big shock to me, like anybody when they're kind of unemployed out of the blue. Wow, yeah. Um, and so I just, you know, so I... what happened to Donald Trump? Well, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't quite out of the blue, but anyway, yeah. He's, he's another story, you know, <laughs> just as a side of sidetrack. I mean, I, when he came in, I listened to his presidential speech, all mm. of it. And I thought, well, you know, this guy's saying some good stuff. Yeah. You know, I think that he's going to make some change. And for a, a while, I thought, yeah, you know, lots of coloured people are getting jobs. You know, their economy's growing. But I just, I, hang on a minute, that climate thing is wrong mm. and some of the other things he said are wrong but you know on balance it's not so bad and then through his term till his end I'm now completely the other way yeah. you know total disaster yeah. on climate policy yeah, and yeah, lots that, of other bad stuff absolutely so. uh, absolutely and then obviously Joe Biden well you can ask the question what did he do when he had the opportunity when he was Obama in truth none of those organized party political things America are oh, absolutely not not, yeah. not, not a bastion of anything, uh, and I'm not talking about the general populace, I'm talking about the elites that rule that, the world. They don't, they're not American, they're not English, they're not Irish, they're definitely not Irish. But they're, um, do you know what I mean? I do, so they, don't yeah. have, they don't have a nation. It's to be questioned. What's, well, absolutely. What's like, so that's it, well, something I've yeah. learned a lot. And absolutely, talk, but you're do, do an amazing amount of research on that. Yeah, that's and I'm, I'm really lucky because, um, because I have the time. So I got really lucky with the startup thing, yeah. uh, you know, and that enabled me, along with like 12 years of listening to what my financial advisor said yeah. and doing the things that you're allowed to do in the rules, filling yeah. up the little pots that you're meant to fill up. Yeah. When I got my, you know, marching orders, I thought, if I cut down all of my expenditure, can I kind of live without going to work? Yeah. And to be honest, it was really scary. So I, I just took the decision, yes. I said, well, I could go and sit at the desk for another 15 years. I could go and work for Mr. Dyson and make an electric yeah. car. Fabulous. I'd have a great time. But I'll be in an office and sat at the desk for 15 years and then I'll retire. Yeah. I thought, maybe I'll do something different. Yeah. So I, um, I've always done DIY through my life. So I go at a rate of about one room per year, usually really old houses. Uh, and I'm probably on my fifth house so far, so I kind of completely renovate them. And my house was in a bit of a state, so I, I finished off what I then called the guest room, and I brought my kitchen up to a standard where it was functional, opened an Airbnb room, 
and, really? and yes. listed but on Booking.com. But they come to your house as opposed to you going. That's right. That's that's yeah. a nice yeah. Thing. And I thought, well, yeah, sharing your space. Yeah, I thought yeah. I can't believe anyone's going to want to come to Chippenham, but I'll I'll give it a go. And if I yeah. get somebody every My, week, I tell you, got to say, <laughs> hey, I love it. That's why I come back to live here after London but loads of my mates from London come, love coming here seriously because yeah. there, there's you know but I guess it's if you come from outside and you look in you see different things and you experience different things I'm, I love the place and I love it, the surrounding area it was area. a revelation actually mm. so I was expecting a couple of people and I go well I'll give it a go for six months and we might mm. not even like people coming into our yeah, house and that's staying the thing, isn't it? no yeah. idea yeah. give it a go and then I've got a couple of old cars so my dad's Morris Minor is a convertible 1951 Wicked. split screen <laughs> Uh, and um, I borrowed uh, a Morris Oxford off my brother, 67, and they're both in the same colour, what? sort of light blue with white wheels. And I thought, well, maybe I could do like a, um, like a wedding business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. I went on the, the government scheme, I can't remember what it was called now, uh, it was like about getting people into work. And uh, they said, oh, get yourself down to a, uh, a, a pop-up business school for free in the Emery Gate. Yeah. And I came to the building a couple down from here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was this most amazing guy. He was absolutely packed full of energy and, and vibrance for getting people out there to do their own thing. Yeah. And it was two weeks. And every day there were two sessions on different things you need to do for Fantastic. starting your own business. Yeah. Like not spend any money and use all the free marketing, all of that yeah. stuff. And I came out and I thought, yeah, I, I, could, um, I could do this. And I, one day I went and asked him, I said, why are you so happy? I don't understand. Why are you, you so happy? You're so of full these. of energy. <laughs> no, and he said, he said, because I'm going to retire early. He said, I'm going to not buy anything. I'm going to save all of my money. Yeah. And basically, if it's invested, then I can, and the amount of money you've got invested, take 4% of that. That's yeah. roughly what you need to live on. Yeah. So I went home and did those calculations. And I thought, well, with the Airbnb and the cars, you know, I get this much. This is what I spend. Should be fine. Yeah. Anyway, so the Airbnb did really well, and the wedding car thing, it takes a long time to start off. Yeah. Gee, um, push. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, they have personalities of their own, so yeah, I, I do beautiful have to things, don't they? set aside time to make them yeah. go every time I want to. Yeah. Anyway, so, so I wasn't doing much on the weddings, but I really, really enjoyed the Airbnb bit because I would get people come down in the mornings for breakfast, sometimes old couples, and you could tell they hadn't spoken to each other at breakfast at all for like 10, 15 years. You could just hear the clink of cutlery on, yeah, on, yeah. on the crockery. Yeah. And I liked talking to people, and I kind of made it a bit of a mission to get the person who never talked, so the one that was dominated, mm. to actually chat. Yeah, yeah. And it was a massive range of people, probably 500 people I talked to, and a lot of those for two to three hours over breakfast, because they're all on holiday. Uh, millions of reasons to come to Chippenham, by the mm. way. I was totally and utterly wrong about Chippenham. Yeah. And so, you know, you find out why they're there, you find out uh, maybe what they do in their life and where they want to go. And yeah, and I, I started, I guess, forming views with fuzzy logic from everybody, from people that have just had break, breakups, yeah, just yeah. finding some yeah. space, all the way up to professors and vicars you just never know who's going to come in your house and they're just just so interesting the general public yeah, yeah so yeah. uh yeah so I, I really shocked lovely for that people turning up yeah. having conversations on a daily basis brilliant and I, and I also started going along to some of the you know having read stuff i thought well i can't just effectively i thought i still do that when i get to 70 i won't be able to draw a pension because there won't be a bank and the reason there won't be a bank and we saw it in the COVID, yeah. is that when tens and hundreds of millions of people start to move, yeah. effectively from the south of Paris, 
all the way through, through the north of Africa, they'll come upwards and the other ones will go down towards the equator. But that's like hundreds of millions of people will need to move when they can't grow food. Yeah. Uh, they have no choice. Absolutely. They have to move. Absolutely. And we're starting to see it now. Yeah. So, you know, when you extrapolate the curves, I was mainly involved, uh, noticed on the CO2 one. I wasn't even looking at the global temperature one because that's very spiky. Yeah. But now it's really clear what it's yeah, doing. Yeah. It follows the same track as the CO2, obviously, but with yeah. a 40-year lag. And, um, and so, I, you know, you fast forward, you think, well, you know, when are these people going to move in serious numbers? And then you find out that they're already moving. Yeah. In 2019, I think I read 15 yeah, yeah, million yeah. people in yeah, Vietnam yeah. were displaced yeah. internally because the sea just it kind of yeah. put salt all over their land and they yeah. couldn't grow their food. Yeah. So I gave it sort of 15 to 20 years before we have so many people in the UK that we can't grow enough food to feed everybody. Yeah. And at that point, our supply chains are about three days for yeah. a supermarket, yeah. and we saw it in COVID. Yeah. As soon as everyone goes, oh my goodness, I've got to buy some food because I've got to stay in for a yeah. week or, t- or a month, yeah. then stuff just runs out instantly. Absolutely. And that's how we live. That's why we can't afford to build on our county farms. Well, yeah, absolutely. Amongst many other things we have to change. Well, yeah, totally. All those thoughts, they were redundant anyway. Pre-pandemic, the, the economy, which is a myth in itself, so I'll be interested maybe another time because I want you to be able to talk about the stuff that you want to do on a local level. I know it's yeah. about the environment because the distributor road, those unnecessary houses. Now people say, wait a minute, raising population, how come you're saying we don't need to build those houses? Well, partly because it's on, on, on um, county farms. Secondly, because we can't, you've said it, we, can't, we now cannot depend just on a Brexit principle. You can't depend on delivery from abroad, so if you can't yeah. depend on delivery abroad, what are you going to rely on? You're still going to need to eat. Oh, we're going to have to grow food that we can grow food in England, or in Wiltshire, near where we live, and then have it supplied to our schools, our care homes, and our hospitals yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So we can always, always ensure that the young, the elderly, the infirm, or whatever, have got food, fresh, organic, because pesticides, bio, you know, all that sort of on organophosphates, all those things that go into that industrial farming don't work, can't do that anymore. We're going to have to do a, a, um, a real re, uh, recalculation and a, and, a, and a whole readjustment about how we think as a society mm. and reprioritize. Sorry, because you said right. about the food supply, it's yeah. county farms, isn't it? And the point is, particularly with Brexit, we're a liberal democracy. Yeah. So when people are starving, we will want to help them and we'll invite them yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. But at some point, and this is a real question for yeah. the liberal-minded, at some point there'll be yeah. too many people in the country yeah. and we're not growing enough food. Yeah. So what do you do? Yeah, yeah. And as soon as you say you can't come in, which is what we naturally say yeah. as humans, yeah. then all of a sudden no one's going to give us any food from those countries that they want to come yeah, yeah, from. But, and, because and, but you also got, because of the economy, the false illusion of the economy, for generations Africans haven't been able to grow food for subsistence. They've been growing cash crops, for us. Like, yeah, like for us in the Western world. So when people go, "Oh, are these people? Why are we helping?" Back in the day, with the uh, and it's even worse now, Ethiopia. We did a load of fundraising in this town. This town was particularly good at, at, at providing, trying to do its best to provide all sorts of assistance to uh, Ethiopia, but they. Um, the idea that somehow these people, particularly countries that England has robbed, 
previously. India. Look at it now. Look at what's happening in India. Look, of course it is. E e empirical. The Chinese are doing it just with money. The English did it with rape and murder. So, well done. Well, well done to the Chinese for actually at least saying, hello, we've got a different way of doing this. Either way, it's about making stuff that for our human survival isn't necessarily a good idea. But not being able to grow food full stop around the planet, but not being able to grow it in, in Wiltshire, because somehow, I don't know if you know that that's apparently our council, no, no I, I want to separate, there are people in our council. They're very yeah? good, yeah. Well, well, absolutely, you know, we work with, it, with, it, with, with uh, the, uh, all sorts of departments in the council. The council as a principle is the collective of our people. We will work together to have an infrastructure to, to make things happen. Councillors, however, might have different agendas for why they want to become councillors, which I'm going to talk to you a little yeah. bit about in a minute. Why do you want to be a councillor if you're a property developer? Why as a council would you think that you'd like to, have to, need to, create an idea like a, uh, a property development company for the council? It's like, oh, I know, it sounds like council houses. Have you ever heard of a principle of council houses? No, 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 we're, we're, what we're talking about is that we're the council, right? And we're going to have a development uh, company and we're going to call, like, we're going to build houses on county farms so you can't eat, there'll be floods. Um, I wonder who's benefiting from those sorts of ideas. I wonder who is actually um, from either past council directors or current ones, I'm really interested to find out, I don't know if you know anything about these things, because it can't be done for the good of the, the masses, and if they're conservatives, it never is done for the good of the, 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 the masses. Sorry, we're getting attacked by someone with glass beads <laughs> in the background. Yeah, I think in, in a nutshell, and we've seen it with the sleaze that's going on at the highest level of government at the moment, government is meant to look yeah. after and serve the people. Yeah. But right now, and we can see it, it's plastered across our media, the government yeah. is serving business. And this has come down but it to always the lower has. level. Even the Labour, Tony Blair, forget anyone that thinks Agreed. he was a socialist. Yeah, yeah I, wasn't, I wasn't so open-eyed no, no, no. before. Yeah, yeah, see uh, it absolutely. Look at how, how, he even, how he even, even puts his head in public. Has that man <laughs> got no shame? Look, the m millions of people that were murdered, murdered because of decisions he and Bush and all those elites made. He's as about as socialist as, as, as I don't know, I'm not even going to use anyone else to insult him for. Forget about party politics, because you're an independent, right? That's right, yeah. Right. So I'm, Why I'm, is that? Because you're a Tory and then... Yeah, yeah as sorry. an independent. So, so what I was coming back to say, talking to lots sorry, of people yeah, with yeah. Assault, the whole Airbnb thing and the wedding thing as well, yeah. I also started going off on the XR Days of Action because I felt I had to do something. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember the first time I went to, um, to Bristol, yeah. stood on the, on the bridge. There was another boat there, but I yeah, understood yeah. what they, that was all about rising sea levels yeah. and just trying to make the point. And I think it was Gail Brambrook who stood on there with a ton of speakers and I was stood she to the, the side. one of the founders of XR? I think, she, yeah, she's a kind of social thinker and yeah. how do we fix it and an XR. You kind of get lots of people to back the message effectively. Yeah. And she stood up there and she talked for 30 minutes and she absolutely insulted me completely on six different, different ways, six different parts of who I am yeah. and where I've been in my life. And I stood there and I thought, am I in the right place? And I looked down at my CO2 graph and I thought, well, whatever it is that she's saying, I've still got to do something about this, yeah. no matter who I am. 
And actually, I then started speaking to people across the spectrum of politics, across the spectrum of wealth, and across the spectrum of police. So I, you, on an XR talk, you can rock up to anyone, whatever they look like, and you, you've got to start with 10, open a conversation. And you've got time, because they go on for, for days. And I just, sorry, really, yeah, I had the opportunity yeah. to talk to all sorts of people who I would never talk to in my kind of, my pool of people that yeah. I know, the people I work with. Yeah. And, and at length. And yeah. you can put things to people by way of a discussion. So say I've got, um, I don't know, it's a leader of the Lab Labour Stroud Party. Yeah. She'd been Labour since she was 16. Yeah. Massive issues with the police. Yeah. And I'm going, this is all the good stuff about the police. And my dad's a policeman. And then she told me what physically happened to her at the age of 17. Mm -hmm. And then what had happened to her friend. And it was horrific. And at that point, you then, you take that away but you, you, the first thing is you can have a proper discussion with somebody. You don't have to get angry and people don't fly off the handle. So you can talk these things through and you meet educated, intelligent people who have completely different life experiences to what I've had and they see things completely differently to how I see them. Yeah. And the key thing is to let all of those things go into your mind and then reflect them back out again in the, in the new view that you form of how do you fix the climate. How do you stop the extinction of all these animals? How do we grow our own food? And it all kind of forms into this educational bubble that then changed me as a person and my views to be much bigger, to take in many, many more problems with the world and with people and, and their views and how their lives have, have, have been lived. Some of them really, you know, really poor, no money through their entire life. And other, others of them really rich, you know, titled people. And, and I've, I've spoken to investment bankers who've been there in the XR crowds going, why aren't you doing anything? And they go, well, I've been at this for like 12, 15 years, mate. You know, what are you doing here? Yeah. You go, well, uh, hang on a minute. I thought we hated you. Uh, but actually, it's not the case. There's people from all walks of life who've been trying to get this climate message through for donkey's years. Yeah. And the long beardy ones that look like they hug trees, many of those have been at it for 40 years yeah, and yeah. they're still there doing it. Yeah, yeah. And I would look at them and I go, oh, it's not me, I, I don't want to talk to him, you know, he's not got anything to tell me. But actually, these people, they know a lot of stuff, and they've lightened their footprint on the earth, yeah. and they've done the best they can, and they've still been banging on for 40 years. So the, 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 the personal Huge responsibility respect. to cut down on your own usage, one's own, the household, <laughs> uh, the, your business, etc., etc. And then there's the, the collective one, community-wise. So at a local level, how do you think... And you're, which, which area are you running for? So I'm standing for Sheldon in Chippenham. Yeah. And I'm pretty much standing on a climate action ticket. Yeah. And I've learned that the way to do that is to be an independent. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've kind of learned a lot through XR. And I can't get past the three fundamentals of tell everybody the truth. You yeah. have to tell That's everybody the there's a problem. You know, and the, and, yeah. And then secondly, you have to act like it's an emergency. And I, yeah. I translate that almost to like being we were, like we were in World War II, not me, but how the population was. Yeah. You have to take all of your resources, financial, uh, intellectual, um, industrial, governmental and business. You have to deploy all those resources on primarily the fundamental problem of fixing the carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Yeah. And however you want to do that, yeah. you need massive amounts of energy to do that. And it can't be oil and gas. Yeah. You have to use yeah. renewable energy. Yeah. And, um, and the numbers are just immense, absolutely immense. When you work out how much carbon dioxide is up there, you know, I, did, I, I revised some of my figures from when I wrote them in 2019 
to give you an idea, if you take the CO2 out of the sky using, say, direct air capture, which is the latest, best technology, for every tonne of CO2 you take out the air, that's 1,800 kilowatts of energy you need to do that. And you end up with a gas. And then you have to do something with that. Yeah. You can't just leave it there. You've got to then move it and put it underground. And when you multiply up the numbers, just for the energy, yeah. for the amount of CO2 that we emit just in one year as humans, it's like 3,000 Hinkley C power stations running full wow. time wow. all year. And that's just to do the CO2 in the atmosphere. Yeah. And no one's talking about that. Yeah. Everybody's talking about letting humans use renewable energy so we don't burn fossil fuel. Yeah. Well, you can carry on doing that for as long as you want, but the place is not going to get any cooler. Yeah. You have to take the CO2 out of the atmosphere. Yeah. And um, I initially got interested in, in actually taking the CO2 out of seawater because it's yeah. much denser in there. You don't have to do quite as much work. Yeah. And to get my head around, you know, just what you'd produce, if you, if you took the CO2 in there and you made it into chalk, which is calcium carbonate, then a ton of CO2 pretty much turns into a ton of chalk, effectively. And if you say, well, what's 44, in those days it was 44 billion tons a year. Last night on Sky, I heard this year it's gonna be 50 billion tons, but 44 billion tons, that's a lot of chalk, yeah. if you think about it. Yeah. So if you took all of the UK yeah. and all of the water within the coast and you got all of the CO2, so if you added up all of the CO2 that we need to take out every year to get to carbon neutral in 2050, yeah. you would have a pile of chalk that covered the, all of the UK, England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales, mm. that was two metres deep. Wow. That's how much CO2 we have to take out of the atmosphere. Wow. Yeah. And the numbers are just colossal. Yeah. And you think, well, how do we even move that? How many four-ton army vehicles is that? Yeah. Well, that's like, you know, it's billions of army, yeah. army vehicles yeah. to move it. And you go, that's not practical. Yeah. You know, so, um, so absolutely, we all have to do our own thing. We have to, t to minimise the amount of CO2 and everything else. So it's consumerism. We need to cut right. our consumerism. That's why capital, you know, so when people think about capitalism, it's not just about it naturally creates poverty. It needs, must, has to. Because if, if you can't prove to someone that if they don't work or they don't work for someone, they're going to be ending up on the street, which is a disgrace. When you think about, we have a society that purports itself to be civilised, to have organised religion for so long, and yet there's, we can see the results of organised religion because you can see the, the uh, cathedrals and the uh, churches and all those other great things that, they've, that we as mankind has developed. And yet there's also homelessness and poverty. It's strange, isn't it? They've got these monoliths to, to a great <laughs> idea of the creator, and then the reality is that they've got them and there's people that are, uh, forget Let's not even go into the, the, the most recent reports about sexual abuse, which it seems to either be in, in, in a part of the actual system yeah. in, within those organised religions, or we seem to have a great uh, ability to overlook, with all the elite sort of uh, behaviours, uh, the, the, the consumption, the abuse, and the lack of responsibility to care to allow people to have basic shelter. So, I don't know about you, I think that we shouldn't have it. We, we have to have a system where you can't possibly make money off of housing mm -hmm. because it's a necessity. You can't make it off of energy, you can't make it off of water, air, you can't make it off of uh, health, you can't make it off of education, you can't make money off of. Uh, but you definitely can't make up. So, you, so they can't, people can't have palaces and they can't have two houses until everyone's got one. I think that's certainly a good thing <coughs> to, to strive for. <coughs> but but in, got to. I mean, in, as, a, in, as a humane person, you, you to, 
I work with homeless people. Yeah. And the idea, I, I get you know conflicted. Working great with with, with Joe, uh, uh, the new head of uh, Kitchener, who's uh, the head of Doorway. Brilliant people. It's a fundamental necessity. It's not like a. Do you know what? I was thinking about having some shelter. But then I decided not to. You know, I thought I'd just live on the streets because it's like good. Do you mean to have the county council? Not a county, you know, the principal of it, which is, you know, I've been working in, in around the county for not the same people running it now, but the idea <coughs> that their motivation or their agenda isn't to provide for the, for the people, it's to exploit the situation to develop unnecessarily housing projects on floodplains, on county, county farms. So until we have a no party politics and local politics, it's a disgrace and it's absurd that people mm. think that after the years of seeing how badly, Labour included, how badly, not when Corbyn was in, but the, the rest of the time, just about, John Smith, maybe he was, anyway, but here's the point. The crack is, it's filthy. If, they have, if people don't get that with the, 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 what's happened, the latest thing with David Cameron and Greensill and... All this, oh my goodness. What about this um, 2.6 million, is it, for that, for that press room? Yeah, it's. I mean, it is, come it's, on, it's, people. It's, you, you, you're voting for conservatives is like saying, I hate everyone. It's, it's, Hi, it good is, evening, it I'm a conservative. I hate everyone. I know, and, and I think that Green Hill, uh, Total Minnow, when compared to the oil and gas industry. Oh, well, 100%. So, all that know, lobbying so, there and all the offshore accounts and everything. Yeah. Even in Wiltshire. Even in Wiltshire, there's, 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 there's people connected to deals that have gone on with the council and all that sort of stuff who've got offshore accounts. Not that anyone's researching that or anything. So I, I came at the, the town council and the county council from a tell the truth point of view, yeah. from a climate angle. Yeah. And my eyes have been opened having attended many. But they've got climate town council deniers on the, on the county council. As uh, if it's an opinion. If How you, can you be a councillor? How can you be on a, a possibly think you're, that you, you're suitable to be a councillor if you deny the climate emergency? I think if you read the... So I actually had that discussion with, uh, with, with, with a member. Yeah. And I went and looked up the definition of climate denier. Yeah. So I would say, per the letter of the phrase, yes, there are climate deniers yeah. uh, in the top levels. Yeah. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they think they are. Because again, everyone's views are slightly different, yeah. um, and actually, if you, I had to go and read the definition yeah. to to continue with Fair my discussion. You. You'd be great, councillor. Um, so yeah, do some I, research. Yeah, well, you kind of, you know, I come from a. I thought you were about to say you have to. Trust me, they you do. Not yeah, all do. I come from a background of yeah. not knowing much about anything except engineering. That was a total focus. Not and, bad though. And now to use the words and then join in the discussions and to be able to debate and put across the point, you have to know what you're talking about. Yeah. And the problem is that there are so many things wrong that need fixing yeah. that you can spend your entire life reading, writing, researching and talking. Yeah. But what really matters is that you get out and do something. Yeah. Because all the time we're learning and talking, it's getting worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so, and that's why the climate action thing is so important. So I start off really at the council level, and I think having attended the town council, full council meetings for maybe a couple of years, and saying my thing to them, like, why aren't we actually doing anything? Why isn't the climate emergency on any agenda in yeah, any yeah, of these yeah, meetings yeah, that yeah, I've been yeah, yeah. to? Where's the list of actions oh, that you do when you're an engineer? Yeah, yeah, engineering, yeah. you go into a meeting, you don't have time, everything's yeah. late, it's all too expensive. Mm. You've got this set of things that are prioritised that you want to do. You go, right, here's the problem, what's the latest, who said they'd fix it, when are you going to fix it by? Yeah. What's the next small yeah, step? Yeah, yeah, don't work like that. 
And some of the time, yeah. you know, you work through the actions. Yeah, yeah. You know, stuff goes wrong. Yeah, pragmatic, it goes wrong. responding to need, yeah. prioritise. That's right. What say so when you have an emergency? What do you do? You don't act like a headless Break chicken. Break it down into small Break it down steps. and you absolutely and you make overcome progress, it. You go wrong. And we do it together. We collaborate. Yeah, you go wrong. There you go. And you recognise you, you go that. wrong and you there fix you it. And yeah. I don't, you don't keep banging I your head against the same wall. I don't see anything yeah. in this town council meeting. Yeah. And you're not even publishing the minutes of your climate emergency group. Oh, so 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 this is town council. Of course. So, so people so do every strata. Oh my goodness! Listen, let's just be really clear. If I'm criticising people that, that stand for local council, it's only the ones that, that haven't done the thing that should and be doing. Who've got different those agendas. Are in their own way. Some of them are. Some of them are are, are, are not even able for all. You know. Uh, uh, I, I used to think that it was a, a sort of clash of personalities until I realised that certain ones didn't have any personalities. Yeah. So it was just a clash of the ideology that I'm here to try and make <laughs> yeah. things look, identify the scenario and say what would be a, the, a possible outcome. I get up and down the country. I go to the home market, we get all these things with governments looking at social cohesion. And yet on a local be uh, level, I get people who have no idea what they're doing no idea what they're doing when it comes to community. They don't have kids. They don't have any responsibility above their own life, right? Mm -hmm. Now, as you know, we're sitting in front of the, the, the bridge centre. In the paper this week, in the, in the wonderful Gazette and Herald, there's a whole thing about uh, people, that, um, and we have people here coming into the shop talking about, um, talking about issues that they want to be raised. So, so far, people have come in and they talked about the Sadler's Mead carbuncle as the woman says, is there anything you can do about that carbuncle? I said, what would you like me to do about it? She said, I want you to expose the idea of A, how it came about. And I said, well, would it be better if I interviewed people and they told me or... And she said, no, no, there's, there's lots of people that want to know, and definitely people at Moncton Park, want to know how that came about, where was the consultation, and lo and behold, not only that car park, but the car park onto this very place here is used by our young people because in the great oh, wisdom of the Conservatives... Yeah, conservatives, yeah, they knocked down the only access point for, for young people particularly, but the community at large to do specific types of projects. Now, when we used it more than the youth service, at the time I said to Pete Hutton, I said, Pete, do not do anything with this place because we use it more than you do until you found a better, better yeah. use. And I interviewed him, anyone wants to see this interview, he didn't really have an answer for that because he doesn't really know about <laughs> young people. How he has got that as part of a portfolio is just going to show, and it? it's like, anyone want this one? Yeah, it's about kids. What's your experience with kids? Literally nothing, you've seen some at school. Oh, well, you have this because you're a conservative. And actually that will help us when we come and destroy the very infrastructure that when we have a pandemic, People like ourselves who are key workers yeah. can't work with those vulnerable people. We have to go to Wiltshire Foundation to raise to, to ask for money to pay the Rotarians. It is an absolute disgrace, which unfortunately I'm not going to be able to forgive yeah. at all. So I'm going to have to uh, pursue uh, that myself, obviously, with these other people. Yeah. But that saddens me. Thing our children have to hang out in hang out in in yeah. in, in car parks because our councillors do not have the wherewithal to understand if you do not legislate for, for teenagers particularly they will definitely definitely legislate for the for the poor unfortunates that can't defend themselves who are scared to leave their houses yeah back to you sir yeah and picking up on the point where what can i do about it yeah so i, I was well, in yeah, exactly the same fact. position yeah. so i went along with a kind of educational message to town council and i said this is what's happening were you aware 
Yeah. It's absolutely you. awful. Yeah. You know, are you going to do something about yeah. it? And that was a very generic. I didn't really know what they could do about it yeah. at the beginning. And and yet, it's still not on the agenda. I don't yeah. think that people have actually done the education of themselves, and it yeah. is the biggest problem. Yeah, yeah. And then I started going to the cabinet meetings at Wiltshire Council and the full council meetings as well, and asking the same sort of educational. This is the problem. What are you doing about this particular issue? And then, you know, um, are we going to see some change in policy? And the thing about a member of the general public, when you use your public question and public statement question to any of the levels of local government, mm. it's like watching a minister on telly. Yeah. You do not get an answer. Of course. Yeah? Yeah, yeah? You don't get an answer yeah. that asks, answers the question yeah. you've put in black and yeah, white. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. And I've actually been back behind the scenes to say to the de democratic officer to say, this is meant to be my democratic representative. Yeah. I've asked a question yeah. and he has not answered yeah. it. Please, could I have a question? Yeah. An, uh, an answer. And after two or three goes, you get an answer oh, to the God. question that you've asked. Yeah. And at local government level, yeah. it is exactly the same as looking at a oh. minister on the, on the BBC. Oh, oh, unbelievable. You don't get answers. So, so here's the one. Here's the so one. I thought, yeah. okay, if I want to make a difference, they're not listening, yeah. they're not learning, yeah. their ideology yeah. is making money. They value money above everything. Yeah. And that's been the, the, the theme of my latest set of questions to Cabinet in specifically. Yeah. I mean, I've seen Philip Whitehead stand there and say, I am going to treat Wiltshire Council as a business. Yeah. I am going to use all of the assets of Wiltshire as a business yeah. to make money. Well, good luck to him. And it, it didn't strike me when, when I heard him say that. Yeah. But actually, the values well, where's of Where's that written down? Where's that written that down? There's Philip, a, Philip Whitehead, if you want to come on this, 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 this <laughs> I'm being serious. Hang on, he's a politician. He's going to ask you questions. Well, no, here's the, he's a bit, <laughs> but I do think, to, to be fair, that he should, should he and anyone else, because uh, here's the thing, everyone else from this town council, the geezer that wears the wig at the, at the town hall, phoned me up and said, can you offer this opportunity to all the councillors? Yeah? Yeah. Now, the only ones that have taken it up, and this is quite worrying for me, considering we're in a pandemic and you guys couldn't possibly go and canvass him. Theresa Hutton, who's, who was the, was the former mayor, conservative, absolutely wonderful human being. I don't think she understands that she's not really conservative, because you can't be both a wonderful human being and a conservative, as you probably know. Here's the other crowd. <laughs> Works for the NHS. Her husband, totally disagree with his uh, whole way he's gone about it. I don't know what his thing, nice enough, no, no doubt, but here's the point. He has made fundamental mistakes, which are being definitely being researched and, and he'll be followed up uh, to, to LinkedIn with all sorts of stuff between the Bridge Centre, the Olympiad, um, funding for this, funding for that. When everyone sees that, they go, ah, see what you mean, Ed. Yeah, that wasn't probably very good. So it's two Conservatives. About seven Liberal Democrats have taken us up on this. I have to say, lovely people, I don't know if you know Claire Cape and people like that, Ross Henning, uh, um, Brian James, right across the board, really decent people. I have said to their faces, why are you, why are you at this level, why are you in party politics? It doesn't make any sense. Same as Conservatives, they were standing strong with Theresa May however long ago. Yeah. If you're standing strong with Theresa May on one day, and then the next person's Boris Johnson, if you stand strong with Theresa May, what do you do with, what do you do with Boris Johnson? Hang loose and smash up a restaurant. What do you do? Yeah. Do you get completely out of your head and just be really abusive to people? Or what is it you do with, because you cannot possibly say that, yeah, that he represents my views as much as that person does. I think they focus on the religion of money. 
So the religion of economic growth. So they ignore the excesses of the politicians in national government because their religion is to focus on growth, economic growth, which actually means making money. And I've come to realise that the majority of the money funnels at the top of uh, industry and out to the really rich folk. And the people at the bottom are mostly being pushed down, especially in the gig economy, to minimum wage. And the more the big companies can push people down to the minimum wage, the more money shoots out the top. And that's the way the system yeah. works. Yeah, and it doesn't work actually, but you're right. That's the, the way it runs, but it doesn't work. And I, and I spent, you know, I'm also, I joined Friends of the Earth to find out. There's a guy called Stephen Eads, and he's a total expert on the state of the oceans, which yeah. are actually even worse than the state of the oh, planet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out. And, and uh, then the soil erosion, the, the quality yeah, of soil. The soil is as bad as, beetles. as, as, Dung beetles in as our the country. ocean yeah, yeah, yeah. and the atmosphere. Those three yeah. things are in a really bad state because we basically taken resource out yeah. more than yeah, yeah, yeah. dumped it all in the sky and the yeah, sea. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so yeah, and I he asked he asked me to do to do a, a talk on something to illuminate the other people. And I spent three or four months researching offshore finance. Yeah. And I came to the conclusion that every financial instrument that's available onshore that we all know about yeah. is available offshore. Yeah. But the difference is that if you own it offshore, it is totally secret. Yeah. And there's some very nasty, very bad sharks yeah. swimming around in the offshore yeah, yeah, finance yeah, yeah, world. Yeah. So you don't want to mess with it because no. you'll get flattened very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you want to understand how the system works, yeah. totally in secret, yeah. then there is a mechanism there. Go and find out about the I, offshore I wonder, finance do system. any of our current politicians, local or, or national, or former uh, prime ministers and their mates from the Bullingdon Club, uh, have they got any offshore investments, do you think? Well, you'd never know. <laughs> and the reason, and, and it's, it's, it's even Good more than Lord, that. It's even more than You'd never know. Because the sure, UK... Sure, you wouldn't, would you, people? The UK invented the offshore Oh, mate, they invented a few more things than and that. We they invented have, tortures on the Irish, but that's another topic. But we have topic. massive... Blind boy, how are you doing? We have massive legal law yeah. to make sure that it stays secret. So you've got oh, yeah, the yeah. judiciary, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the subterfuge of, of the of the whole yeah the whole structure. I mean, you'd you'd applaud it if you would, if you, if it was like a, a competition to say, okay, can you present your idea of how you're going to keep these people oppressed and how you're going to do this? Oh, you're going to have these. Oh, I like it. You've got hats, you've got coats, you've got diamonds. I like what you're doing there. It's interesting. Where do you get them from? These other countries. Okay, you've robbed all them and you've oppressed all them, and then you, but you say to them that you're, oh, now they're all coming back to your country like chickens, what's it, coming home to roost. All these people from all these countries that you formerly raped and murdered are now coming back to come back to the motherland of, of, the, of the great queen or the queens or the kings or whoever they are, and Prince Andrew, and going, oh, yeah, this is, this is a really good thing and well done, England. Or not England, not the English. The elites and they have no country they have no loyalty they have no we you know they, they, they all come from different countries anyway so it's not good is it if you're it, trying if you're fighting that as well as an emergency and this is and your point that's, that's the key point the emergency. key point is that i could get really stressed about all of the things yeah. that i sense are wrong and understand yeah. perhaps how the system works but we don't have time to do that that's right yeah, we yeah. have to focus on the fact that there is a climate and an ecological emergency, yeah? Because yeah? Yeah. you can spend all of your energy fighting any one of the 10 things we've talked about to try and make some difference. But oh, it yeah. doesn't matter if you can't grow food. There's a fundamental problem. Yeah. That so you grow have food, to have shelter fix. though. 
everyone have shelter. Yeah, Please tell me that everyone have to, has to have shelter. We have to eat. We have to yeah. keep warm. Right. In, in a cold climate. Yeah, 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 and, yeah, yeah, and in yeah, a hot yeah. climate, you yeah. have to be able to drink water and eat. Yeah. yeah? Okay, and so, so no needs. Let's provide them for everyone. And after that, once they're established just on that level, within the confines of our ecological system, because yeah. we're a part of nature, not apart from nature, so yeah. everything we do... It's the ripple effect, it's the, the law of thermodynamics, it's all those things combined go, ah, oh, right, we, can't, we, can't even, we should never have done most of these things, and we definitely can't do them anymore. But what we definitely have to do within that, and that's not build new houses on floodplains and on, on, on county farms, it's about redeveloping town centres and villages and what have you to build up the capacity and certainly take away everybody's second home. Forget about your palaces. They should just be museums and, and hotels for rich oligarchs that come over here to oppress us from a distance. Right. Yeah, don't worry yes, about that. Yes, again, it's another Everyone's huge set of subjects of about things that are wrong. Yeah, so um, how are you going to affect it on the local level? Back but, to you, then. But the, but the problem is that you have to... You can't, like, get rid of money. Yeah, you can moan and hassle people who are very rich and shouldn't be if you want just to. Just take the money off them. But again... We, take the money off them. But seriously, you know, you're, I know that I'm cutting across okay. you, but imagine this. Up to a certain point, everyone's playing Monopoly. Now, people play Monopoly in different ways. Mm -hmm. Some play that when you land on that thing, you can buy, you can buy it, right, if you've got the money. <coughs> Some play that you, you, you dish out the cards initially, and then you barter with each other to, to amass things. Actually, how society works, Monopoly is a, is, a, is a con in itself. There are people that are not even allowed to live on Old Kent Road from birth to death. They never get even to live yeah, in that. Right. The people living in Mayfair and Park Lane are saying, you're never going to live here either. Even the people along Bond Street and everything else, the Strand okay. and so forth and so <laughs> far, right? So, the, so housing markets are a con and a lie. Uh, the, the idea of the economy is a con. Investment is a con and a lie. What do we need? Oh, we need houses. Has everyone got one? No. Let's get everyone a house then. Everyone got a house and you have to do environmentally and within, so you'd have to do, do loads more building. I'm saying, obviously the person that's got Mayfair isn't his home. You're joking, we're not playing the game. No, no, we're not playing that game anymore. What do you mean? We, you, we bloody are. No, we're not playing it. It's unfair, it doesn't work. Forget Monopoly, Jeff Bezos, all of those people. Guess what? Your money has no credit anymore. Imagine that. Okay. What, what, what? No, you are now have no more money. The Queen has no more money. People have no more money until everyone's got what they need. Because otherwise you have conflict. Perpetually. Okay, so that comes Sorry, back. That was it, comes, it comes again. back to the, the fundamental problem, as Mark Carney says, is yeah. about values. Yeah. So if oh, you value money, you end up with lots of very rich people, which we have yeah, at the yeah. moment. Not very, not 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 yeah. very many you've rich people. You've effectively you've yeah. taken the resources of of the world. Yeah. You've including people. Yeah. Whether that's, that's work or right. slaves. Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you've taken all of the goodness, the resources in the soil. Yeah. And the the system with the rich people, yeah, yeah. including me, because I'm yeah. not poor. Yeah. Yeah. We've taken those resources and we've converted them into money. Yeah. which isn't even real. Yeah, yes, it's yeah, imaginary it's, thing. It's just it's a something exactly, yeah. on a spreadsheet. Yeah. And when we want some more nowadays, we just yeah. print more. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Oh, that's the big part. So, Look so at that, people. Look at that. When they want to, or when they want to, they'll knock down the bridge centre because, yeah. hey, we haven't got enough money. It's like, so, when you have, when, you, when the bank is needed, you've got stu you couldn't have enough money. So it's we, principle or non-principle. So the point is, we can get really stressed and annoyed about rich people and people that are doing the wrong thing. But to fix the problem that is like in our face, yeah. 
what we have to do is change the values of those oh, people. Oh, brilliant, you're and right. When you change the yeah. values, so when the billionaire wakes up and goes, there isn't going to be a planet in 50 years, yeah. and I'm going to be the last person standing because yeah. I'll look after myself, yeah. but I have to watch 8 billion people die, yeah. do I want to do, do I want to be the last rich yeah, person yeah. standing? And I'd probably have had Don't to Don't ask that to Trump, though, because he's... Yeah, but the point is, when, when they understand that it's going to affect them... He never will, but yeah, carry on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do have some faith in humanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, people, people do say do. that. They yeah, do. People, people will. People do. We work up and down the country. We work in different countries sometimes. <laughs> You're right. The average person on the street, the, average, the real people like us, yeah, would all say sharing, caring, looking yeah. at our natural environment, looking at us. We, we are literally one of the only species that actively destroys its own habitat. Yes, it's crazed. But the point is, when the people that own the money at the top level, when they realise that they have a problem and yeah, their values yeah, yeah, change yeah, 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 yeah. from accruing money yeah. to actually fixing the planet, yeah. then you've got the point. And yeah. a lot of these people are extremely clever. Of course they are. They're extremely intelligent. In ways, they know how to organise yeah. hundreds of thousands of people yeah. in business yeah. to do a yeah. common yeah. thing. Yeah. So whether your thing is carbon sequestration, whether it's making massive wind turbines, I agree with you. whether it's making solar panels yeah. uh, and putting them across the countryside, whether yeah. it's sustainable farming, yeah. the people that are they're at the top of the system, are brilliant. they have they're, the they're, ability. They, oh mate, you're totally they right. have the ability yeah. and they have the connections yeah. and they have the understanding and the intellect yeah. and the money need the motivation. to use the system yeah. Yeah. to do something different right. other than That's making it. more money. Right. Or oh, making money in a different way. Because here's the thing I learned many years ago good good friend of mine dr mark everard introduced me to this concept of the natural step which was do, uh, evolved by uh, professor carl henry robert in in sweden he's an onco he was an oncologist and he and he started his principle of looking at how come there was more uh, um, uh, uh, not episodes but whatever statistics of children having um, cancer so you think you can look at the, the disease in the child or you can look at the causes. How come this came about? And he, he, he then transferred that principle to the natural step, looking at how you go into businesses and say to them, look, if you have a vested interest in your business, like Ikea, like places like that, you have to look at the resources. How do they come about? So if you cut down all the forests Ikea and you don't replant them, you ain't got a product right. Same thing. So, and people change their mind by degrees. And in Sweden, they become really good. IKEA became immense, and he did it with um, all sorts of different firms. So then, using that training and that awareness, I was able to use the arts to go and work alongside a professor, Eric Bishard, working with Jonathan Porrett, working with uh, the po polyvinyl chlorate organisations, you know, PVC conglomerates from all over Europe. Now, once I got them to understand that they also suffered, their children would suffer the effects if PVC leached out and poisoned everyone. So like yourself, they'd be looking and go, well, well, you're not immune to it. You're not from a different planet. You've got children. You will have the same emotional imperative to provide and protect them. Yeah? Yeah. Well, when you've got those geniuses in a room and you provide them with a, with a stimulus to realize why they need to be able to just make sure whatever they produce is done within the confines of a sustainable system, all good, well done, lovely. Same with, and I've got to say this, AMEC, petrochemical, billion, billions. This is what makes me laugh when I'm talking to local councillors and going, do you see who I talk to in my lifespan and I'm here with you and you're, like, you're, you're struggling? Not all of them, some of them are brilliant. The ones that are brilliant don't take offence. Some of them struggle to tie the shoe, not because they can't bend over, because they don't understand the principle. Yeah, and it's like that, right. I'm talking to you and I'm talking to these geezers at AMEC 
they're not better or worse, but they're multi-billion pound companies. And I'm saying to them, here's what you're going to need to do if you want to maintain your business within the confines of a social and environmental and an economic system. And they're like, right, Um, how are we going to do it? Pick it up on that. We do not have time. To yeah. dismantle the system. Yeah, yeah we I agree. have to use money. change it in we a different way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, whatever work. the principle is, and, how you and, lubricate and, it, you're right. And I, I've got all these problems, I've got these numbers, I've yeah. got these quantities, and I'm asking, how do I then fix it? So for me, it's best expressed by Kate Rowers and Donut Economics. So she talks yes. about yes. humanity staying within the climate boundaries yeah, on it. the outside. Yeah. And then on the inside, it's making sure that people have a high enough standard of living to be in a sustainable Take life. Take the conflict out of it as well. So that's, and that can apply at a business level, yeah. it can apply at a town level, yeah. and a county level, and a country level, yeah. and ultimately what it needs to apply is at a global level. Yes. And then we have a chance. But yeah. you have to understand that it's not just CO2. There's 12 things that govern how the world operates and three of them are broken one of which is co2 and the other ones are possibly broken very soon and then on the inside we all know about starving people so several of those are broken as well yeah yeah so then you sit there in the cabinet and you look at the cabinet and they're not even listening and you think how are we going to change this whole concept of economic growth into something else and for me the three words are green economic growth yeah. But not the greenwash green. Oh, yeah. This is the green yeah, yeah. economic growth, yeah. where you take sectors of industry that are basically destroying the planet, like building housing estates on the countryside, yeah. like building roads, yeah. like the petrochemical industry, and you recognise that these things are destroying the, the, the oceans, the air, and the soil that we need, not so much us, but all the other life on the planet yeah. needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we've made a bit of a mess, but yeah. we take all of those with us as well, yeah. which is what really bugs me. Yeah. And then you go, well, how yeah, do we kids. get from this society, which is Chippenham, where, I don't know, I, you know, I, I drive my car because there's no regular bus. Yeah. You know, I have to buy plastic from the supermarket because everything's wrapped in it. Yeah, yeah. And you go, well, how do we change that? And then I, I came across like Jason Hickel. So it's basically, you look at the sectors which are polluting, as you yeah. said, yeah. and you talk to them and you say, you have to degrow. Yeah, yeah. And everyone goes, well, I can't possibly do that. What about all those people that don't have jobs, that make cars, that make yeah, boats, yeah, yeah, that make yeah, submarines yeah. and military yeah. airplanes? They won't have yeah. jobs. And you go, yes, that is absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What you need to do yeah. is you need to stop the people who are doing the work, not always through their own fault, because everybody needs a job. Yeah. And then I get into the point where everyone needs like a universal basic income. Yeah. yeah? So yeah, everyone yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. That, that's working in a way that destroys our resources yeah. has to kind of stop and understand like HS2. new glo- exactly global aim of saving the planet. Yeah. So you go down and you go right. It's I'm now save not, humanity. Not going to work on HS2 because yeah. yeah. it's a total disaster. We shouldn't be I'm funded either, either universal... way. You're not bad people. You're just doing your job, so say. But then yeah. so were the Germans during the Second World War. I get. Those I, camps. I, got, I got universal income, and that allows me to to be housed and to have basic standard of living. Yeah. And if I don't want to work ever again because I don't like work, yeah. fine, you stay there. That's yeah. cool. Well, that's all the, At least you're not the doing damage. Yeah. And then if you do then work on something that fixes the multitude of problems we've got, like agriculture yeah. or well, solar, solar panels or wind turbines, then you go back into the normal work world where you get paid yeah. and then you can have the things yeah. that allow you to make life a bit more enjoyable. Yeah. But the basic concept is you degrow the things that are bad for the planet yeah. and then you... Without conflicting and, and calling those people that were, that were geniuses that started the petrochemical <laughs> chemical company, great, you did really well in that in, yeah. in, in that in that old narrative. 
<laughs> Same, the new narrative is this. There's five million people on furlough, everyone. So what happens when they realise that, and you know, the high street was in demise for years anyway, what happens when those five million people go, <laughs> oh, wait a minute, the industry that I was working in before is no longer a goer, so now what am I going to do? Well, I think that that's exactly where your universal uh, income comes yeah. in. Now we can be stewards of the land. Now we can go and work on those, uh, uh, those, those local farms. Not because you're slave labour, because you're going to love it, because it's really good for your mental health. It's good for your biomes when we start <laughs> making locally sourced uh, honey or, or, or fermented food, etc., etc. All the things that we as a, a species have been able to evolve and understand, but haven't necessarily shared because we've, we're too in, involved, have got too involved, in commerce and selling yeah. and competition. The mission we all must now join in on and support you and people like you, the independent thinkers, because that's the thing about independent uh, 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 councillors, is like when you have a discussion with someone like yourself, James Bradbury, Matthew Short, uh, let me think of who else that we've, that we've interviewed who was independent. Oh my God, I haven't forgotten anyone. Oh, I'll tell you who was fantastic, Martin Casey, do you know him? Ex-soldier. What a fantastic guy. Yet. Yeah, yeah, you, <laughs> I hope you do. Because okay. here's the thing. His history, his, you know, the, 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 you know for, for, as well as being a, a, an Irishman, which I obviously like, but he, he's been in Afghanistan fighting in Afghanistan, defending what? In Afghanistan and in, in Iraq. Well, I'll go, I, I, the funny thing is what people don't really get is it must have been heroin in Afghanistan and it's oil in, in Iraq. If you're going to put a good man, my father and, and my grandfather's, whatever, life's in danger to protect commerce, we already know then we have the wrong principles as a, as a species. Right. Yeah. We have to look after each other, support each other, but within the confines of our natural cycle. How are you going to affect that? Well, so if someone votes for you, and I hope they do, because you're, uh, obviously you've done the research, if, if I'd have met as many <laughs> local politicians and national ones that knew what you knew, yeah, that you, had done that thing, then... You, you get to a point where actually you know too much and you have to stop the research and focus on actually doing well, something. So what are you going to do? Tell me what you're going to do then. So, so my objective uh, as a councillor at the Wiltshire um, council level would be to find the set of people that talk about energy policy. Yeah. I think fundamentally the core policy of economic growth that is espoused by the current cabinet yeah. has to change to green economic yeah. growth. And that's a massive ideological change. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, people yeah, that have been yeah, yeah, through yeah. and through Tory their entire life, yeah. that is life changing to be able yeah, to yeah, say yeah. that and to understand yeah, it. Yeah. I know because I went through it. Yes. So that's fundamentally yeah. the overall policy of Wiltshire needs to change from making money to green economic growth yeah. that helps people and the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big ask because there's like 98 councillors and I might be the only one of less than 10 saying that in current... Brian current. Matthew, the Lib, the Lib Brian, Dan. absolutely, yeah. He, and he, and he, Nick uh, as well. Yes. Nick, so, oh, Nick Murray, the independent yeah. Nick Murray. He knows his stuff. He does. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, so both of those come from a sustain, sustainability background yeah. and highly educated people. Yeah. So within Which that... Begs there the are, question, there are the rest? There are smaller subcommittees there and yeah. I would like to get involved in the energy policy subcommittee yeah. Yeah. because... I've used the, it's actually 22,500 homes, not 7,000 homes that, that can be built around Chippenham. Oh if you, my if goodness, you read yeah. the HIF bid, yeah, yeah, which yeah. I recommend, that, that 20, has got to be 22 pages, and uh, the Ombudsman pages. has to it be It took like a year Definitely. and a half to get it out of the council publicly, yeah. but they wow. finally put it on the table. Yeah. If you read those 22 yeah. pages, yeah. you will see exactly what it is all about. Yeah. So between Melksham housing area and Chippenham housing area, yeah. the object is to build 22,500 homes, not seven. Yeah, so bring that round. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so, so bring it back round to so what's planned. So I wanted to use 
the example of building on the 650 acres, yes. 6.5 million square meters yeah. of soil, which is currently farmland yeah. around yeah, Chippenham. Yeah. So I, I ran into an old university colleague who happened to be the head accountant of Jaguar Land Rover about two years ago. And I realized that he was into sustainability stuff. And I yeah. had some questions for him, like, are we gonna survive? Yeah. Big questions. Are we, we chatted for like two hours yeah. Yeah, and we didn't really even ask, talk, ask about each other's families. Oh, wow. We just talked about climate for two hours. Yeah, yeah. So he read a book 12 years ago as chief accountant at Land Rover, yeah. dropped everything, yeah. retrained and wow. became the sustainability lead at Jaguar Land Rover. Yeah. And then when he finished that, he, he's been consulting in big um, finance, explained to them what they have to do with the big money yeah. in all that time. So he knows a lot and he listened to me and amongst the conversation he said you know one of the biggest storage stores of soil of carbon is soil I goes whoa he said not many people know that I goes no I didn't know that so obviously went home and learned about it and I came across a figure um, that said that the stored carbon in soil can be if it's ancient soil can be like above 30% carbon so when you take the farmland that's the size of what they've got their bullseye on yeah. to make money and you go, right, let's say roughly you scoop out a meter of soil. You can go and see it going on in Calm. Yeah, yeah. It's happening, it's just tragic. Yeah, yeah. And my, my partner's a courier and she delivers to the new housing estate. Right. So I've, I've watched it turn from fields of view yeah. through total mud and destruction yeah. into houses that have no gardens, urban yeah. desert. Yeah. Yeah? And that's what Workshire is planning, is urban deserts oh, on yeah, our yeah. countryside. Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to focus on how much carbon do you release if you dig up a meter of soil, yeah? 30% is about six and a half million tons of carbon. Wow. And then, wow. with the work I did on AirGen, for my own benefit, I actually learned about a thing called a soil food network. Yeah. And I realized that when you look at the ground, it isn't just grass that you're destroying. In the soil underneath the grass, there's probably a meter's worth of ecosystem. Yep. We all know about worms, yeah, yeah, which yeah. are actually total heroes, I now understand. Yeah, yeah, They're the ones so that dung beetles. The dung beetles, yeah, of course, but look at, look at dung beetles yep. as well. By, it's a really interesting thing. But, but basically, get into that, people, dung beetles and the worms. The trees are fabulous, Soil. the roots and the trunk. Yeah. But the thing that we don't think about is that they drop their leaves yeah. and they weigh a lot and they do that every year yeah. and the worms come up they drag yeah, the leaves yeah. down they Turn make the holes they aerate yeah. the soil yeah. Yeah. they let the uh, the drainage um, work properly but they eat the leaves and turn it into carbon yeah. so that's what they do so you've got um, short chain inorganic carbon and you've got organic carbon which is I now know billions of bacteria the numbers yeah. are so big they don't mean anything yeah. but in that whole farmland it's not just that there isn't anything going on that we can't see. Yeah. Underneath it's all the soil, going on to keep there's us alive. a massive yeah. ecosystem there. Yeah. And I went to the council, my fundamental points are, where is your carbon budget for this project? Yeah. And secondly, where is the list of things that you'll kill yeah. when you dig up yeah. that yeah, yeah, size yeah, yeah. and that amount yeah. of countryside? And when you read through the HIF business case, you will see the financial budget. Yeah. Yeah. And when you work those numbers out, you realise yeah. that that housing estate is worth billions of pounds to somebody. Yeah. And various people are getting percentages off it. Right. And we understand money because we swim in it, we all live in it, we're brought yeah, up yeah. with it. But we need to understand the cost of everything we build in carbon. Yeah. And digging up That's the soil right. yeah, yeah. is not even the start of it. Yeah. 
you have to take all that cement there. You have to take the steel. Yeah. You have to put the plastic carpets yeah. in. You have to furnish it. You have to paint it. Yeah. There is no carbon budget from Wiltshire Council. They've yeah. declared a climate emergency. And they won't even work out yeah. how yeah. much carbon they're going to put yeah, in the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. For That's lip service, this is just, just like consultation. This is just part of it. Yeah. So Wiltshire, including Swindon, yeah. want to build 75,000 houses before yeah. 2036. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first of all, where's the budget for the carbon? Yeah. Where's the budget for the ecology that you're yeah, going yeah, yeah. to kill? Yeah. And all right, the numbers work. Fabulous, you all get nice and rich. Well done, yeah, yeah. good job. But love know, to find out who those people and are. And I've been banging on at town level and yeah. county level for two years. Yeah. And the answer is we have no policy to do a carbon budget yeah. and we're not going to put one in place. Wow. We, ha we don't even talk about ecology wow. because yeah. it's all far too tree huggery yeah. and we don't even know what's in the soil. Yeah. And so it's been a complete stonewall. There has been nothing except money thought about in yeah. cabinet and and these are the people that have declared a climate emergency yeah they and you go, didn't really i think brian people? matthew had a lot to do with that so here's the crack we're going to end it there because let's face it we these two well we could no we could and come back to this and get other people involved in talking about it we haven't um, quite dealt with Sheldon, but basically Adam yeah, Sheldon, yeah. i'm actually well, looking for a mandate yeah to stand yeah and talk about climate action yeah yeah and it's literally one of the top priorities, but of course the, 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 the local media or media in general would not, are, are not run by people who, who have anything to do with our locality. Uh, and there's obviously a lot of councillors that, that no, no doubt have other, other, other interests when they're representing. But on behalf of myself and our community, it's great we have someone like yourself that is willing to do all the research and put yourself out there. So I congratulate anyone that would run in a local council. However, if you have not got the the the, the best uh, the, the best wishes, I was going to say, uh, needs of all our community, perhaps you shouldn't. You, however, should. Adrian Temple Brown, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming today. Thanks very much. We appreciate it. Thank you, gentlemen. Much appreciated. Jules, Shay, of the Revolution. Cheers, boys. Thank you.